Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John LaRocca here with me as usual. John, how has your week been? I know that, uh, you know, it feels like we, 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 it, this feels like Groundhog's Day for pretty much everybody, but uh, I know you're, you got some big things coming and possible move and everything. How's everything going at the homestead? Uh, it's, it's, it's going. It still does feel like Groundhog's Day, even though we have, you know, things are moving in and, into our new place uh things are starting to move this COVID-19 kind of put a halt on some stuff but uh things are moving ahead now so the the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to our move so but yeah but lately it's been like freaking groundhog day around here man (laughs) you know something that I've been meaning to ask you as it relates to being married now having three children like, what do you guys do, you and you and your wife do, to, like, make sure that the other one is, like, not going crazy? Like, do you guys have projects? Are you guys, like, watching something that, you know, every night to take your mind off of stuff? Like, how are you... Because, I mean, to the kids, it's like, at least at least to, uh, to Chloe, at least, it's like every day is Saturday. Yeah. Like, oh, it's party time. Yeah, we're... God, you know, I wish we had a, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I think we need to find something, honestly, because I think we're all kind of going crazy, mm-hmm. and you know, we're moving to a bigger place now. This fit place feels a lot smaller, you know, than before. So we're just now we're with the three kids, we're feeling cr- even more cramped. So we're just like ready to just plant our roots and everything, and and so yeah, we definitely need some kind of a break. I mean. You know, kids go to bed at different times, so it's not like they all go to bed at the same time. So once they go to bed, we try to watch our shows at least. It's kind of like our little unwinder, you know, watch a couple shows and then it's, you know, off to bed. So it's kind of like, you know, eat, repeat, sleep, repeat, and it's <laughs> it's tough. See, you know, you know what, what people who don't have children, uh, what they don't understand is when you have one child, the mom and the dad can dominate the one child. So it's like, okay, you know, we got, we got the whole room covered. Like this kid cannot out quick Mm. the two of us. Then you have the second kid. It's like, okay, now, now we're playing man on man coverage. Like I got, I got this one. You got that one. You know, we got to make sure that, that, you know, they don't go, they don't beat us deep for, for a touchdown. But when you have three, you're playing zone defense now. And that's all you can play. And so, you know, when you add that third child, like it it is such a game changer because your mentality, your mindset, the way that you, you know, your process of bedtime, it changes like so many things change. So, you know, I can't imagine also having this third child 
in this new reality of ours with, uh, you know, with COVID-19, like, gosh, it's got to be. It's yeah. And like with the third child, you know, she's going to be what, five months tomorrow. And so, you know, she's not walking yet. So you're holding her and keeping her you know entertained because, you know, she can cry at, at, at the drop of a, of a hat, right? Over something. And you're trying to keep her entertained. And then you got... The little ones are the little ones are fighting over something ridiculous. That's you know, or or something's not working. They have to cry about. It. You're like, don't freak out. Like, just tell us. You know, we'll fix it or help you out. And but they don't understand. You know, they just don't understand. Like, just to cry and scream. And it's just like things kind of just kind of mount up. But uh, but there's been some fun though. Like my daughter Chloe, she started her um, her Zoom preschool class. Or t- you know, which was oh, interesting. Wow. It was just pretty cool. Like it was it was cute. You know, it's like thirty minutes. You know. And, you know, the teachers, like, they do some fun stuff with, like, they're doing stuff with letters, and today was M. And she's like, what's this? And I kind of like, was peeking over, and it's like, what letter is this? And it's like, it letter M, and Chloe's like, M, M. And she's like, you know, raising her hand. You know, they mute the kids, right? Or, you know, so they're all, they're all not talking to oh, each yeah. other. <laughs> and uh, and then um, and then she says, is it capital M or lowercase M? She closed like, capital M. And I was like, so proud. Like, yeah, capital M, right? <laughs> it's just really, it's just, it's just uh, really, really cool. So that's, that's been, that's been a lot of fun this week. And it, it's, you know, it's fun to see her just like, you know, bright eyed and just like ready to learn from her teachers and stuff. So, which, which was crazy though, like during like the introductory um, thing with that the first day and I was there listening, the, um, the teachers are they're furloughed. They're not getting paid for this. They're just doing it. Yeah, they're just oh, doing wow. it out of the goodness of their heart and want to, you know, get keep educating the kids. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Um, okay, so uh, just want to remind folks that uh, as as always, or at least uh, at least for this year, you know, brought we are brought to you by Bet Online and also uh, our friends from Blue Chew, Tony Shivani. I'm coming after you. Um, a couple of a couple of things that I just want to quickly get to before we get to the body of the show. Uh, I was going to have our buddy Robert Silva on this show tonight, actually, because uh, today is the 15th anniversary of the historic Corrales and Castillo fight. And so, you know, we were going to talk about it, but because of UFC and uh, and the show's pretty packed, I'd said, you know, can we do it in 20 minutes? And he's like, well, we can, but why don't we just postpone it to next week and then we will we'll, we'll sort of figure out the time frame. So Robert is going to be on next week's show and uh, we will talk about Corrales and Castillo, the 15th anniversary of that fight, and also the stuff that he's doing for us. He's started up a new series and, and uh, tomorrow... We'll see. It's either going to be tomorrow or Monday. He has a new series of of uh, posts. Basically, he is going to list out his fiftieth greatest fights that he's ever seen. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Like I'm, I'm super excited for that. Uh, the other thing is we have the website. The website has a new theme, um, so it looks it looks more 2020 than it did previously. Uh, we have a bunch of content that is up this week. Ryan Frederick is writing a bunch about the UFC. I think I'm going to write something tomorrow about, uh, or Friday, as people are listening to this, uh, about just, you know, the, the conflict that I have with that show happening. Like, I'm super psyched about watching some UFC, especially with my with my two kids. 
And at the same time, I'm like, my feelings are conflicted because I'm just like, man, are they, should they be doing this show right now? Probably not. Like, you know, the, just the safety of the situation. So I'll probably have something about that. And, um, Next week, which is actually going to be pretty fun, and I've t- I've tapped you to do something. We're basically going to get as many uh, profiles as possible from from folks who are writing for us, and also who are a part of our Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. And they're going to send you know we're we're going to basically put up a bunch of uh, posts about who was the the wrestler that got you hooked or who's the wrestler that made you fall in love with wrestling? Like who's that one guy? Usually it's one guy who you just latch onto as a kid and go, wow, like I, I just really want to watch this guy. So we have, uh, I have probably about six or seven full posts and then we're going to get a community post up next week. So if you uh, check that out, fightgamemedia.com and check out the new theme as well. And then, um, I mentioned last week, just like ever so quickly, that Duan and I are going to start doing a Rocky podcast, just basically reviewing the movies and having fun with that. I'm thinking June. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. We'll kind of we'll kind of uh, zero in on a date exactly when those shows will launch, but we're going to get a few of them done so that uh, we can kind of just have them ready to go. And then we'll figure out a date. So I, I, I say June. I'm not sure if it's in the beginning of the June, of June, middle of June, end of June. But for sure in June, you will hear the Rocky podcast that Duan, or Duan and I are doing. Um, okay. And so the last bit of news is something we also kind of talked about last week, which is the idea of doing two shows a week. And uh, one of them would be on Friday, as you are hearing it. And the other one will be on Monday. And so I thought about this and I've kind of fleshed out the plan and how we're going to do this. Um, The reason for Monday is because it gives us an opportunity when there's a pay-per-view weekend, such as this weekend, so you have UFC 249 and you have money in the bank, it'll give us an opportunity to talk about it sooner than uh than than we would have you know usually because so- sometimes you and i would be able to get on on a sunday night but in other situations um it, it's been it's you know we some I mean, we just haven't f- found the regular uh the regular process to do that so we are going to start doing that so every monday and every friday we will have a show and we'll see how that works i'm not sure exactly if it's going to work out but uh we will definitely give it a shot and and if it does then great then that'll be the new schedule and if it doesn't you know we'll we'll figure something out so from here on out, at least two shows a week, and uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, you would expect, at least as far as I, as far as I'm thinking. Now, this is not set in stone, but you know, the Friday show will be you and I talking about kind of the new the news of the week and and talking about the Wednesday night wrestling shows. And you know, for now, Dark Side though, there's only a couple more episodes left. And 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 then on the Monday show. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about some historical stuff. I think we're going to push all of the We Want Flair stuff and the uh, upcoming uh, 92 WCW Saturday Nights. We'll push that to the Monday show. So uh, so that that's going to be the schedule for here, from here, and we'll see how, uh, how long we do that. So um, I think that's all of the uh, show update kind of stuff and website 
update stuff that we need. So um, we're gonna get we're gonna go to a break right now, and when we come out of the break, going to play an interview that I did with Big Dave Meltzer talking about UFC two forty nine. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, we talked about the show and the card, but also, you know, kind of the the state of of where we are with this stuff and and uh, how UFC is doing the show. Um, they're they're being as safe as you could possibly be, which is awesome. Well, at the same time, you know, Dana's kind of being super weird about this stuff. So uh, go to the break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to Dave. Meltzer about UFC 249. All right, so let's talk about our friends, our best friends at this point at Bet Online. So there's no NBA, there's no NHL, there's no MLB, at least right now, because I know those leagues are talking about getting started as soon as possible. And, you know, there's there's some questions about, about when they can get back together but you know that that stuff sort of changes all the time um without those guys going right now though you might think there's nothing to bet on and you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing vegas to you are you missing the nfl no problem. Bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. Madden 21 is not that far away either. Probably about three months away. Uh, I know I've there, there. There's two children in this household who play Madden 20 pretty much every day. Uh, you can still bet on Survivor, which is heading to the finale next week, which is probably going to do like crazy ratings. American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And you should really take a look at the odds there because this, uh, this contest is in a little, uh, little shy of two months. So 4th of July weekend. Uh, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. And before we get off of the Blue Wire thing... Um, on Fight Game Media, we will have a post up tomorrow with Ryan Frederick and uh, Paul Fontaine. They do a picks column for your UFC shows. And I look at their picks column, and based on their picks column, I then take some of those picks to bet online and put a little money here and there on some of the fights. So that that will happen. I will do that tomorrow. I will do that on Friday uh, after I read the column and put the column up on FightGameMedia.com. So bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, Dave, wanted to ask you some questions about your thoughts on UFC 249. Now, obviously... This is your job, so you're you're covering it because it is it is your job. But as a fan, do you have mixed feelings about sort of you being interested in, in watching the show and probably being excited because we haven't really had anything to watch uh, that really counted? Okay, so when I look at the lineup, I will tell you that I am not as excited as I feel I should be, and that's probably because of mixed feelings about doing the show. And really, mixed feelings... I, I, I have to say that the behavior of Dana, in particular, has really soured me on UFC in a lot of ways, like in a real big way. 
to where um, it's it's almost like you know you have a guy who's like so cold and callous to the real world and so completely clueless, and I don't you know and he's so um, he he's such a giant figure in the industry that it, it almost paints this entire industry bad, even though the fighters themselves and everything like that and the the workers at UFC and all that they're they're you know they're normal people and they're cool. So um, I mean again like. This is a really good card, and but but it's like I'm sour on UFC right now. So so there's that negativity, um, you know what the presentation will be like and the entertainment value of the show is to be seen, you know. I mean we'll find out. We're going to, it's going to be a learning experience. I'm I've seen a lot of empty arena stuff from you know whether it's Japan, Mexico, and certainly United States, and. Does you know? I mean, and wrestling is different from MMA, but it's it's hard. I watched um, Pentagon and, and El Hijo del Vikingo, um, and it was like super, you know. But it still didn't do it for me. You know, it's like I'm I'm like Jones and for for like uh, you know what I mean? Like the stuff that we were taking for granted. You know what I mean? Like oh, Will Osprey's got a match on Friday, mm-hmm. like every Friday, right? And it's like God, I you know I haven't seen a match like that in in, you know, whatever it is, two months now. Um, and, you know, um, so it's tough. I mean, as far as the fights go, I mean, we've got to wait and see. I mean, if this card isn't good, I think it's going to be really tough for a card to be good because this card is so loaded. You know, there's, there's matches on paper that I'm very interested in. Um, now that now the, the, the next Wednesday and the Saturday after, that's different. I'm not that into those cards at all. So, you know, and, and the idea of running so many UFCs, I think, can burn people out, too. Um, I mean, I, I think Saturday is going to be a pretty big success, though. I think the TV rating will be real high, and I think that the – I don't know how the pay-per-view will do because there's all kinds of factors. I think a lot of the pay-per-view actually will depend on how entertaining um, the, the ESPN stuff is because I can see if, if ESPN is, like, through the roof – People will kind of go, oh, this is a great card, and, and the pay-per-view looks even better. But if it's like this dead atmosphere, it's going to be like, I'm not going to spend $60 for five more fights like this. So I think that, that the pay-per-view is, is very dependent on how the presentation looks. Because it's not, again, it's not John Jones, and it's not Conor McGregor where there's anything where it's can't miss. Even though, you know, Ferguson and Gate G is, is, you know, could be like fight of the year. Um... I, you know, the the lure of fight of the year, business-wise, is never as big as the lure of big personalities. And, and Ferguson's not, he should be a big personality. He is to some people, but he's not to the mainstream. And Gaethje, you know, quite frankly, should be because he's always exciting, but he's still not to the mainstream. Um, you know, Cruz and Cejudo, um, you know, part of the issue, too, is is um, I haven't seen a lot of buildup to these fights. I mean, I've seen some. Maybe I've been concentrating too much on wrestling, but, um, you know, I haven't seen, like, and I guess, like, um, tomorrow's a press conference, so maybe maybe we'll start seeing some stuff there, and Cruz is really good at building fights, and, um, I know, and, and, and with UFC, it really is, you know, the last two, three days that really determine everything anyway. It's not, so, so the jury's sort of out on everything, so, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit looking forward to it, but not as much as, um, like I, I don't have the feeling right now that I do um, before like a, a normal huge UFC. Yeah, um, the 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 show is definitely stacked for action, but more along the lines of 
you know, a, a fight fans kind of card rather than this draw that is going to grab the, the, the non-fight fans or the casuals. Now, if this show doesn't do strong business, do you think that they're going to try and get some of their heavy hitters? Like, I just can't imagine seeing John Jones or Conor McGregor fight in front of zero fans. Yeah, I know. Well, Dana was talking about that they're talking to Conor, and he was even going like, you know, that Conor's probably going to fight on Fight Island. And it was sort of like, you know, can you imagine doing this? You know, with Conor, he's like, you know, we can do a $20 million gate, or, which is exaggerated, but they can do a $10 million gate with Conor. And they're going to do it with a zero gate. Um, but he was talking like that. Um, it's a really weird thing. Put it this way. Uh, you know, I mean, and again, I guess with, you know, and, and, and again, wrestling and MMA are very different when it comes to the draw for a lot of reasons. But, um, I mean, the one thing I've, I've learned so far from the wrestling is is that you're going to get two or three weeks where the numbers are real good, and it kind of like lulls you into the idea that, hey, you know, it's, it's okay. And then it just nosedives. And, I mean, now we're in the period with WWE, like, now it's now it's like nose diving at a level that like, in, in my worst case model, I would I, I couldn't imagine it being where it is now. And knowing that that we're not nearly at the bottom, that mm-hmm. we're going to be, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's like, you know, like last week it was kind of like, okay, are we bottoming out? And then both shows just you know did like seven eight percent drops in a week, not in a month, not in a year, in a week. And it's like, oh my god, we're we're in a, you know, um, and I can see why. It's, it's not an entertaining show, and wrestling is all about entertainment. Um, but like with, with UFC, like, um, you know, um, we may have like the first three shows that, you know, that are on may do, may do well on ESPN. And then and everyone may go like, oh, you know, everything's back, everything's fine. And then in two months, we may find out that, you know, we're in, you know, it's in the same boat as WWE. Probably not, just because there's probably things that, um, you know, um, again, winning and losing matters more. There's actual stakes, and WWE's really shitty at stakes. And I think that, like, in this time period, you need stakes real bad. Because if you don't have people caring, there's, there's just too many things that they're going to think about doing, whether it's watch the news or, or, or whatever. Or, get, or, or if you're not entertainment, entertaining, they'll watch a movie. You know, you know, rather than watch dead wrestling. Um, but I think the same thing goes with fights without, like maybe, maybe if you have a show that's a normal show, you know, without championship matches or anything like that, and it's just your normal, that weekly show that you can hit or miss, I could see if, if the entertainment value of these shows isn't good, that those shows may nosedive, you know, when we go down like five weeks down the line too. Yeah, and I think with the wrestling, we've what we've seen is because I remember when I was talking to friends who uh, who did not want the wrestling to go away because they they needed some sort of normalcy, and to them the wrestling was going to help them, you know, kind of uh, deal with uh, a situation that is really tough. But you know, you have your your out of habit wrestling, and it, it makes things better for a little bit. But it and it looks like, like you said, it looks like that works for a couple of weeks. But then even those people start to fall off. And 
I wonder, you know, some of it obviously has to do with the fact that product is not great in this environment, but I wonder if also just being the same old, same old isn't good enough right now because it, it, uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't help as much as we thought it might help with, with bringing people out of, out of the reality of the situation. And I wonder with the UFC, like you said, I mean, I think we have, the, they they even have a show on the twenty third, so you have so many shows back to back to back. Uh, you know, not we're, not we're, that they're going to burn it out, but you know, you know, I do we're, wonder we're gonna somehow. We're going to have a show every Saturday night, probably from now for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you think they'll do more stuff during the week to catch up as well? A little bit, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they know because, like, you know, we're. You know, normally now, you know, we, we would know dates two months in advance, and we only know through, um, I mean, we know through May 23rd. We don't know anything from May 30th. We do know there'll be a June 6th, and that's all we know. We don't know anything after that. So, um, you know, without having to promote a live event, uh, you know, they're, they're not even incumbent. It's almost, it's almost like WWE with, with, you know, again, with a comparison. WWE's got this Money in the Bank show, which has been, to me, so poorly promoted. I have no interest in anything on that show. Um, and I think part of it is is because, uh, um, you know, they're, they're, it's, 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 it's almost like, well, we know, look, we know it's like we're not going to get a whole bunch of new people buying the network this month. And we know that it's not going to do well. So it's almost sort of like this thing of we're doing it because we're doing it, but all of the heart is gone. But that, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't have to do it. Yeah, but, you know, Vince won't change, you know what I mean? You know, Vince, is, Vince the world's not going to affect Vince, but, but they've done a really bad job of um, adapting. Horrible, horrible job of adapting. Um, I mean, what you just said, I can say, and this, I wouldn't say this for every week, but I will absolutely will say it for last week, is that that two-hour AEW show last week, to me, was a really it was just two hours of fun um and i don't know that it, that um you know i'm almost sad i'm not even almost sad i am sad because i think they really hit into something with with jericho where he's just throwing this stuff out <laughs> and you never know what he's going to say because he doesn't even know what he's going to say and now he's now that now we're going to be back to jr and jr is like a double whammy in the sense of um you know jericho's not going to be announcing and with Jr. there, it's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sitting there like I was with Lawler, just going like, "Why is this happening?" Mm-hmm. So back to the back to the UFC. Obviously, we're in this like new reality. Um, do you have any sense of the fighters uh, and and how they if they were sequestered, or do you think that the fight camps were just sort of happening as normal? Because if not, like if they if they were really you know, doing the social distancing and stuff. I I would be worried about the weight cuts because you know they're they're not doing they're not able to do it in the way that they were. But if but if it's sort of you know at the fight camps it's business as, as usual, then then you know maybe not. But do you have any sense of of how that's been going with some of these guys? Well, it's different for all of them, but I think they're all compromised. I mean, in every case, because even if they're trying to work hard the situation is completely different. They won't have their normal training partners. Many of them won't even have their gym. Some, a lot of them may have their gym to train at, but they don't have the, the partners, and they, they have probably limited coaches. Um, you know, I think the big thing with this show is, what's gonna, is, is, is that the guys who are 
able to come the closest to what they normally do are going to have a huge advantage mm-hmm. on the guys who don't. Um, and there's different, like, little things, you know, like, um, like Gaith G has been training really, really hard, um, but not for a long period of time, but he's been training really, really hard. Um, so that, that may help other guys. Like Michelle Watterson is fighting Carla Sparza. I mean, her training has been rolling around with her husband. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, she's, her gym is closed, um, and that's, you know, she's against a real opponent, and, and, and you know, that's going to be a big difference maker. Cerrone, I don't know who he's been training with and not training with, but, um, you know, Cerrone doesn't want to fly. So Cerrone's driving from Albuquerque. He's arriving in Jacksonville on Friday morning for weigh-ins. That, you know, plus the weight cut, um, and, and he's fighting 155, not 170, I believe. Um, so for him, you know, the 170 is an easy cut. 155 is a really hard cut. Um, and, you know, and, and he's 37 years old, you know, and he looked really old in his last couple fights. And it's like that doesn't feel like a, a great recipe for a good performance at all. What do you think about the... Um I guess I guess I'll say the thing that worries me a little bit is the folks who are not as in great of shape and possibly don't have the gas tank that they normally would. You know, from a safety perspective, uh, I think I think that is uh, that that could be a little scary. And and I do wonder if some of these some of these fighters just kind of try and uh, you know go for that early knockout because they know that that health wise that they're that they're not going to be there like they usually are and i do wonder how that makes the uh just the overall action for the show uh if you feel that you are at your peak game maybe you don't need to take as many chances as you as you would if you don't feel like you're at your peak so i wonder how that's going to that's going to uh, be for just the action of the fights. If, if there's going to be more action, if there's going to be less action, like I really don't know. And I'm, I'm trying to sort either. of in, in trying to predict some of the fights, like I'm trying to think like, okay, who might be, you know, maybe, maybe not up to, up to training and, you know, up to snuff and training and, and who might be more so like, I do w- wonder about that when it comes to trying to pick these fights. Yeah. Cause I think that's a giant factor in, in, in most of the fights is who's training the closest to optimum and who's, who's not. And also, like what you said, like there's two fat things. If you go in there and you know you're not your best, okay, there's, there's two ways of going in there. You just go in there and you just go all out for a round and just go, I got, I've got a round in my, or a round and a half, and I just got to get it finished. And then you, you're really excited. Or more likely you go in there and you just go, I got to stall for a round and a half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I gotta, I gotta go real slow because I know that if this thing goes into the third round, I'm, I'm, you know, and I go out fast, I'm dead. And that, in that case, you get a bad fight. So I don't know what the mentality will be, you know, and everyone's, everyone's different. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's. I, I do find that there's going to be way more variables um, from normal. Than, than any other show before. So, um, you know, and then also just the, the, the stir craziness aspect of it. Um, you know, the, you know, you're going to be fighting with no fans. You're going to be fighting with no family in the audience, all that kind of stuff that motivates you. You know what I mean? All your friends at ringside and all that. 
I mean, it's it's just it's different. I mean, when you're a fighter and the fight starts, I think you're gonna be kind of like I'm um, in a fight. I don't even know that that's gonna affect you too much, but the week leading in, you know, I mean, all of the, you know, I think a lot of people get off on all of the fun activities as far as being in the UFC and those activities of fight week. I mean, they're they're pretty much all gone. You know what I mean? You're not you're not being a celebrity in the lobby of the hotel, and you're not doing all the stuff that, that is all the fun stuff that you do in fight week. None of that's going to be there. You're going to be sitting in your room and cutting weight and nothing else. You're not, you're not going to be going to, you know, whatever. I mean, I know usually you don't go to restaurants till after, but you're not going to go to the big party restaurant after or the big post-match party. Or, you know what I mean? So many of the things that you kind of take for granted that you would look forward to as a UFC fighter um, that kind of gets your, 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 you going, like this is super exciting, it's going to be kind of boring. So that's, that's another factor. And, you know, the thing, I, and this is something I, I don't know too much about, but cutting weight and trying to get to a specific weight on weigh-in day, sometimes you see a lot, of, a lot of the fighters kind of, you know, they look ill, they don't look healthy. And how, like, how, when you're trying to be conservative in a situation like this, you know, if you're the UFC uh, how how do you even judge whether someone is able to fight or not, just knowing the circumstances? Yeah, I know. And the other one, yeah, because the thing is, is like when you're cutting weight, you very often are going to get a little bit of a cold or a minor flu that you just kind of fight through. And now if you have that, won't the doctors, as out of caution, just have to pull you? Yeah, that's that. That that was one of the things that's, that I was wondering really, was how many how many of these fights actually don't happen because of that situation. Yeah, we don't know because there's there's oh you know there's always the situations where you know that the fight ends up getting pulled at the last minute, or but even afterwards where a fight doesn't get pulled and you kind of hear oh yeah like I I was this and that and and these like you know. I was sick. I was the flu. I'd, I'd run down. I had a minor infection. You know, these things that you just kind of go through. And, yeah, I mean, in theory, you should be flagged. But, you know, and that's one of the, that, now this is one of the worry, worrisome things to me because there's so much stuff that these commissions, you know, kind of look the other way on. You know, like just, you know, just the things like, you know, like when Bisping got knocked out, you know, fought GSP and then came back and fought Kelvin Gastelum three weeks later, which was just, you know, I mean, it was the worst. You know, I mean, you know all the, the different ones where you, you know that, like, a guy shouldn't be fighting this soon after being rocked, but they look the other way. And so if we have that kind of lax stuff, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, if they just kind of go, oh, we got, you know, we got to have the fight, you know. We, you know, I, you know. There's so many factors that are going to go in. One thing that I would have done, um, I knew it wouldn't be done, but I would have done, is that I would have decreed that everyone fighting right now, you're all, every single person is moving up one weight class. <laughs> That's what I was just going to ask you about. I would have, I would have, if I was Dana, I would have made that ruling, you know, a month ago and just said like, okay, as long as this thing's going on, everyone is moving up 15 pounds. So at least, um, you know, you're, you're not going to have that severe weight cut. And, um, you know, it, it eliminates at least that one reason you would get sick at the end. And, and also, the other thing is, is that it helps for your stamina 
because you're not doing that big cut and then coming back the next day and fighting. This way, you know, okay, maybe you're not in as good a shape overall from your training, but you're taking out that thing that depletes you with that giant weight cut the day before. So that, you know, that's a positive. So that's why I would have, I would have done that. I knew they wouldn't because it, it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it was like an obvious move, but they don't, you know, I mean, they've turned a blind eye to weight cutting for, for 20 years that, that, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, they're just always going to. Yeah. So, uh, other than the main event, uh, which, you know, even in this situation, I can't imagine that is not a, a really exciting fight. What, what are, uh, what's the other one or two fights that, that you think even, even in this, uh, new reality that you're expecting to be really good? Um, I mean, Cruz and Cejudo, because of the personalities and the skill level, I mean, just seeing Cruz fight for you know, the first time in four years, I'm, I'm, prob- I'm very excited about that fight. Um, Naganu and Rosenstruck, I mean, it's got that big heavyweight thing, you know, where you can't keep take your eyes off it because probably somebody's getting knocked out in a big manner really quick. Um, or, or maybe it'll be a really boring fight, but probably... You know, probably it's going to be pretty. It's, it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, so that one's a good one. Vicente Luque and Nico Price is a really good action fight. Um, was it Jeremy Stevens' Calvin Guitar is a good. You know, it, it's it's you know, I mean, Pettis and Cerrone on paper looks great, but I just you know, Cerrone just looked so bad in the McGregor fight mm-hmm. that that he's going to have to prove something. And um, you know, Pettis is hit and miss too in the last couple of years. But on paper, you know, you you know, you would look at those guys, and Pettis does have a lot of good fights on his resume. And Cerrone has as many great fights as almost anyone in the history of the sport on his resume. So, you know, on paper, you still look at that, and and they're both big personalities, and and you know, I mean, it's it's a fight I'm looking forward to, and hoping that you know, Cerrone isn't doesn't look like he doesn't he did in his last fight. Let's talk about our friends at Blue Chew. Tony Schiavone, eat your heart out. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. So here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that is B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, thanks to Big Dave Meltzer for coming on. And John, we will switch to wrestling. But before we do that, I know you're, you, you and I have talked about this before. You, you don't really have too much interest in paying for this UFC show, uh, Empty Arena Fighting. But have you know now that you know it's a sure deal 
These guys are all in Jacksonville, ready to go. Have you thought about, like, are, are you at least intrigued to kind of check in on the results? Like, is there any any interest on your end as far as just, you know, wow, there's, uh, there, you know, there's fighting happening? Well, considering I'm stuck at home, I'm probably not going to buy the pay-per-view still. I'm still going to hold off, but I will be uh, I will be following the Fight Game Media uh, Twitter account for all the results that night. So I'll definitely be on social media checking out the results and making sure my picks picks I make sure I pick correctly and I still have to, I still have, I still have to submit those <laughs> picks. I usually wait till the last minute, anyways. I know, me too. I want to check out the way in the yeah. uh, the weigh ins because I gosh, I saw your I'm post, like, man. Can I give you a prediction? What? Can I give a prediction on your post? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so John's uh, talking about the the post I made uh, in the Facebook group, which basically said, out of the eighteen fighters, how many of the fighters will f- miss weight? I'm gonna say six. Oh, that's that's like a third <laughs> of the whole just, uh, of the whole fighters. I, wow. I, mean, I just can't imagine them being this ready, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they're just been. This has been the date circled a long time ago, and they're just. They're ready, but I'm gonna say six. I don't know. This is gonna be a funky like a monkey show. It's gonna be some, some, some wild stuff, some funny stuff, some goofy stuff. He's got crazy ass Dana White, so who knows what he's gonna say? Yeah, exactly. The presser will be. I know. Must must viewing, I guess, for a lot of people. So. Well, and I think the presser is a lot of the media will be able to. Zoo call in i I, i'm assuming they're using zoom like everyone's using zoom right now right like you would think that that they would use zoom but i think the media is going to have like a a video call in number and then they can talk to talk to the folks uh, in the presser which will be interesting um okay so we uh we're going to talk some wrestling here and first we're going to start with uh dark side of the ring oh by the way uh, fightgamemedia.com, uh, fight we will have the live play-by-play of UFC 249. So if you're in the same boat as John, and you're like, eh, I'm kind of interested, but not really interested to pay for it yet because I don't know what we're going to get, um, I will be live blogging that show. So you could you could find the up-to-the-second information uh, about the results on that show. Okay, so uh, like we have uh, since the second season of Dark Side of the Ring has been on, uh, we are going to talk about the latest episode, which is on Herb Abrams. Now, before we talk about this, I was kind of interested because I the only thing I knew about Herb was based on Observer reporting from back in the day like obviously you hear about the you know the the legendary stories of of him of of who he was today but um back then i mean did you were you watching the uwf did you know of herb abrams like what what was your relationship Um, i first of course discovered the uwf from pro wrestling illustrated they would you know talk about this new promotion and they had a lot of recognizable names uh the one that stuck out to me was right off the bat was steve williams at first i thought maybe it was the uwf of of old but it's it's just a a startup using those uh those initials and i got it here in san jose it was on sports channel america and it was on for a few weeks, at least, but I've never seen about like maybe about six or seven episodes, and we get a def- bunch of other different indies too as well on, on that on that channel. So yeah, I watched it, and of course, you know, I loved it back then too. I just loved anything in the wrestling ring at that at that age. You know, I was like what, like, trying to just, I was like what, like 
seventh grade, you know, so I was like watching all, mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. anything, and I enjoyed it. Later on, I would see footage, you know, I'm like, oh my god, this stuff's pretty bad. A lot of the stuff was bad, but some stuff was good. And I remember enjoying like Cactus Jack was there, Bob Orton, you know, Paul Orndorff was there. So it was just, you know, it was a a nice attempt, but uh, just it just fizzled out pretty fast. So this show, from a an actual story standpoint, uh, the, you know, the one that we kind of have uh, been negative on is the New Jack story, and that was partially because, you know, there there were there was lots of uh, maybe stretching the truth. And ha- have you seen the producers' explanation on why they're sort of comfortable with maybe the wrestlers spewing? Uh, fictional uh, <laughs> fictional opinions about that's what things. wrestlers do is that what they're just like that's what they are or something I'm guessing well, that's what they're gonna fall it, back it on was, it was an it was an interesting explanation and I, and I won't have this exactly right but I think they were just comfortable with it because like you said wrestlers are storytellers um, but they didn't want to get in the way of the narrative from the perspective of like okay, wrestler tells this thing and then we immediately have like someone with the factual information like just cutting them off and and like, you know, basically saying, no, you're wrong on this point. So, you know, now I, I understand it from like a, uh, I guess from an entertainment perspective, but, you know, maybe they maybe they don't really consider themselves like a document a documentary uh, necessarily. Maybe it's more of like a a series or episodic series or something. So from that stand standpoint, I'm like, okay, I, I sort of get it. But that, that I mean, they basically said, you know, that's not the end goal is to just get this like super factual story. Um, so, uh, so this story about her Herb Abrams, I think it's probably also the one, even though you know, it did a really good rating. I think it's the third highest of the year. So the 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 show is actually, you know, been very consistent in their ratings. Uh, they told the story of a guy who I don't, I, I, I'm guessing a lot of people did not know about, um, and a, a federation or a company that a lot of people didn't really know about because it wasn't around for very long. And, uh, I think because of that, they could allow sort of the wildness and, and the characters and, you know, I thought, you know, Mick Foley, of course, w- was really good on it. Um, but they had a lot of folks on there who no one would have even thought of, you know, uh, Stevie Ray, uh, wild thing, Stevie Ray, he was on the show and I like, I, you know, more than likely no one has thought about him in 30 years or whatever. Like, you know, what did you think seeing him, you know, in, in, in one of like the main roles of, of telling well, it's story? It's funny here? because he's one of the guys I think about when I think about the UWF, just because, you know, when I first started watching WF, I already knew, like, the names I mentioned earlier, right? Because, you know, I've seen them before. But, like, I was always curious, like, about these newer guys, like, you know, a, 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 a Sunny Beach or a Stevie Ray. I think they're called Wet and Wild. I think they were a tag team. So, and I actually liked them. So, I remember, like, watching, like, oh, shoot, they found Stevie Ray. Like, I haven't even heard that guy since the UWF. I don't know if he did anything after. I don't remember it, at least. And... And so it was cool to see him. It was cool, it was cool to see him and, and Sunny Beach too. That was kind of a thrill of mine, just because like I remember those guys, and and barely people probably do remember those guys. But I have like the a weird memory when it comes to wrestling when it comes to stuff. So, 
So would you have watched the uh, the two pay-per-views? I saw the first one. The first one I saw, I once again gave my tape, VHS tape to my friend Chad. <laughs> and he taped it for me. And I remember watching it. And I and I liked it. You know, I you know, I as a kid, you don't see like Oh, it's a it's a small crowd, and they didn't draw this like right. I'm, you're just watching for the in ring product, and later on, of course, you know I figured all that stuff out. And the second one, I've never seen that show, so it it did get it did make it. To yeah, YouTube. yeah. It was posted in our Facebook group. I don't I don't know. If no, it's no, still it up, is. There's but. a there's a couple. That was a two hour version. I seen. I don't, it might be a commercial tape version. So um, I think I'm gonna check it out sometime uh, over the next week. Uh, you know, just to kind of. You know, kill some time at night when I have nothing else to watch. So I think I'll check it out from from the MGM. We're gonna have to get Chad on the show. <laughs> Jeez, we talk like like <laughs> we talk like maybe once or t- twice a year. You know, he's busy. He has a family too. So and after we had uh, right before we had Chloe, I think we we were really hanging out for a good meeting up again, meeting for drinks, and and then you know, of course, life got busy again. Once we had Chloe, it was just like got busy again for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's just that's how life is. Okay, so a few things that I forgot about the UWF. Um, Bruno, yeah, like, yeah. Bruno, Bruno San Martino, you know, legitimizing at least for John Arezzi, legitimizing the UWF for people, which kind of you know, because Bruno signed off to like, oh, this thing must be kind of a, a real thing. Yeah, it's funny how like. You know, if you watch like this, and you also watch like the Tiger King right documentary on Netflix, like it's so funny how these con men with like no money, or in the, I guess hey, I guess Herb had some money, but like how they get people just on board, you know, like people don't do the research. It's just so weird to me. Like charisma, yeah, I guess, I guess to right? Charm the salesman, right? So. It's, so there's the there's the line in the documentary about. Uh, her basically selling the idea that Blackjack Mulligan is in as the booker and Bruiser Brody was going to do some of his shows. And Bruiser Brody had been had passed away for like a year and Blackjack Mulligan was in jail at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because like, I don't know if it was Foley, but but they were basically saying like, yeah, that that was kind of fishy. But, you know, this is the way that he said it. He was so positive and he was so confident. Or, or well, like, wrestling's like, kind of crazy. So whatever. Right. Like, really? Like, I would be like, nah, this guy's a ho- this guy's a hoax later. Right. You know, like, no, just yeah. this yeah, is yeah, funny yeah. how like they just kind of cling on to something. And a lot of things they don't mention on there, too, is, you know, like Cactus still an independent guy. Right. Now, he, he was what? 19 he just probably was it 1990 so he probably just left he was just doing like mid-car stuff with wcw um so now he's mm-hmm. looking for work right uh guys like b brian Brayer look looking to work right so these guys are looking to latch on to some kind of a a wrestling and, and, and honestly wrestlers it's a carny business especially during that time big time and when they see money, they kind of attach themselves to it and they, they ride it out until it's gone and they just try to jump on the next thing. Okay, so so here's an interesting question because this, this thought, uh, and we'll go back to kind of the surprises of this. This was my thought as I was watching this is they, it was very clear that the wrestlers were looking for the mark, mm-hmm. right? The mark promoter who's just so in love with wrestling, he's going to throw his money into it. But on the but actually, what happened is 
they were kind of the marks because he didn't have the money and he stiffed tons of guys on paydays and he uh, his checks bounced. So I'm I'm assuming because they didn't really cover this, but Foley, Dr. Death, Bam Bam, Sid Vicious, those guys must have gotten paid because because Foley comes back three years later in 94. Dr. Death comes back three years later in 94. So he I mean, the guys that he stiffed, they didn't really say they they, they acted like he he had no money off the bat, like all these broken promises. But like, I'm sure he had some money up front to use. But of course, he you know ran through it via his, you know, partying and, and, you know, wasting his money on other things. And then eventually, you know, then that's when people started getting pissed. And that's when it started getting smaller and smaller and smaller and running smaller towns, etc. So it's just typical wrestling. They see a money mark guy, like I said, they, they jump on and they ride it out to its to a, to, to that well's empty. I didn't even remember. Me the neither. I totally did not even remember that at all. I remember like Bruno, of course. Bruno, Mayor Craig, uh, Craig DeGeorge was a, a play-by-play guy with him. I remember that. And Captain Lou Abano, I remember that. And then Andre, I totally forgot. And then uh, Mick Foley mentioned that one of the reasons why they... Actually, may, may have actually been Brian Blair. But, but one of the guys mentioned that one of the reasons why it was like kind of fun is that they had essentially they just had creative freedom to do whatever they wanted. Like he wasn't going to, te- he wasn't going to, you know, plan out the shows and, and do sort of what, what other uh, bookers would do. He was like, you guys know what you're doing, do whatever mm-hmm. you want. And so that was very attractive. Yeah. He never that. had like, I don't know if he had a booker. Like he said, of course he said blackjack. Well, again, he was incarcerated at the time for counterfeiting. Um, but like he, I don't know. After that point, did he have a point person to kind of run the locker room, structure the show? I don't know. Maybe it was him and uh, his partner was uh, Lenny, right? Leonard. Uh, maybe he was. They were, but they don't. Obviously, they weren't. They were just not. They're wrestling fans. They didn't ever have that experience. So I'm sure it was a mess. And a lot of those guys, they probably said, oh, "We're just gonna do whatever we want, anyways." And and uh, it's probably very frustrating for uh, everyone. So the other theme of this, of, of Herb, is that he was very much into cocaine and hookers. That was his jam. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of this is, is about his, his drug abuse, and, and it's kind of essentially how he, he died. He died of a heart attack. So he is a wild man. This doesn't work out. He runs on sports channel America for 1991. And I think actually, I forget who he partnered with, but one of the guys who ran one of the, um, ladies of wrestling or women wrestling federations back then he had, I think Herb didn't fill out his contract with sports channel. And then that guy just put some tapes on, uh, to, to kind of fill out the end of the deal. So then he comes back in 94, does this one-off show, that's it. And then in uh, 1996, I think, he's kind of like ready to go again. Like, I got some stuff, and whether it was, you know, doing shows in Mexico, or there was some talk about something. And so he's cleaned up, though, right? Like, he doesn't look like this, like, younger guy anymore. He's, he's, he's about 40-ish uh, he, he doesn't have the hair, the crazy hair. He's a little bit, uh, a little bit chubbier, but he's cleaned up. Like, like his look is, is cleaned up. He looks like, um, 
uh, Brandon and Brenda's dad from Beverly Hills 90210. Like, that's what he looks like in this photo. And then, like, right then and there, after he supposedly cleans himself up, that's when he dies. That's yeah, sad. Tragic. It's a sad ending. Like, it was really sad. And I really felt bad for his friend, you know, his friend Leonard that was, you know, it was really hard for him. And he seemed like a really genuine guy that really wanted this thing to succeed. And it was hard for him to reel in his friend, his friend Herb, who was just on the self-destructive lifestyle. It was, that, that, was, that was a really sad part. And it was funny, Stevie Ray really breaking down too. That kind of caught me by surprise because I, I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember the story. I, I, I'm trying to remember myself. It's been a long time, but like where, where Steve Williams like beat the crap out of him, like on TV, like in a match. And supposedly, I think supposedly Herb told him to do it and beat Stevie Ray up and, um, I don't know. I gotta go back and look at that story, but uh, like I thought, I thought for sure he would. When they asked him about like his thoughts on her passing, I thought for sure it might have been like more like, eh, well, you know, whatever. But he was really breaking down. So I mean, he gave his big break though, I guess too. So and after that, I don't think he ever really got a break from anyone. So the interesting thing is, and, and this is kind of you know, this is kind of the theme of this show is that Dark Side of the Ring gives you, you know, the seedier side of professional wrestling. But at the same time, they're showing you like, okay, there's this, this is this bad person, but here's some of the good things about him. This is the, here's some of the charismatic things about him. Uh, Herb Abrams, uh, as I was kind of digging into Herb Abrams, just to see uh, what I, what I could find about him. So the, I, I have a problem with them trying to babyface him in, in this show at the end. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read from uh, uh, Big Dave Meltzer's obituary in the, uh, the Observer from that time frame in 1996. So Dave writes, uh, Abrams, who started a wrestling promotion called Universal Wrestling Federation in 1989, was the lowest level of the food chain of wrestling promoters with his reputation for stiffing wrestlers and others when it came to paying bills on his shows. He had prior arrests in several states, among them California, North Dakota, Colorado, Florida, and South Carolina, largely for skipping town after shows without paying bills. Abrams had also been arrested twice in recent months on drug possession, trespassing, and for attempting to attack and molest a woman in his Manhattan office. Police found cocaine and Valium in his system and believe he died of a drug overdose. Police had found Abrams with cocaine in his office in an April arrest when he was allegedly holding a woman hostage and robbing her. And he was charged in that incident with unlawful imprisonment, assault and attempted rape in a case that was still pending. So obviously the case can't happen. So he didn't have his day in court that that is be, that, you know, that's that he, he passed away. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff there to create a sort of, you know, a, a happy ending. Not, not happy because he did pass away, but there was a, there was a lot of love from uh, several folks. E- even even Mick, you know, even Mick had had a soft spot in his heart for Herb. But I thought it was interesting in, in, the, in you know, the last sort of line of, of the show was, you know, they asked Mick, like, what would her, you know, what would her be in 2020 or, or whatever? And and what was his comment? Do time, right? Do Yeah, he was like, yeah. So, I mean, Mick, Mick sort of gets it. Mick's kind of in on the joke, like you could tell. 
But um, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with, with them trying to babyface him at the end after I kind of dug up a little bit more information. Yeah, now you're telling me this. I think they could have dug in more deeper some stuff, some some more wacky stories about her aprons. Man, what a what a crazy life. What a what a wild life. And uh, what a, it was it was entertaining. This is an entertaining hour, but you know nothing to me it wasn't their strongest episode for sure. It's been definitely one of the weaker ones. Probably just a little bit above New Jack for me. No, yeah, I'm I'm right with you on that one. Uh, okay, so I think the next two are on the Road Warriors, and then I think the one that everyone has been really looking forward to, which is the Owen Hart episode. So those are the last two for season two. And look, you know, I, I may be a little bit critical of them, um, especially for uh, you know for not having uh, uh, Big Dave on there after I thought he he gave. He, he, you know, he gave some good information on the first season, but it's an entertainment show and, and I have been entertained. I, I enjoy watching them. So definitely something that, uh, that I've been, you know, that, that I've had fun with. So the next two, we'll talk about them when they come. Um, but okay. So let's talk about the wrestling shows from this week. And I actually did get to see a good amount of the NXT. Now, I, I you know, I usually watch all of this stuff, but it's kind of on in the background for me. Uh, NXT, I, uh, I, I was able to pay attention a little bit more to. AEW was kind of on when I was working. So, uh, you know, I got to see some of the stuff. I'm mostly listening to it more than, than necessarily watching it. But I know that you watched both of those shows uh, pretty intently. Uh, did you also watch Raw? I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, I, we didn't talk about that before. But uh, what was good in, what what was sort of interesting in wrestling this week? Um, I did watch Raw. I thought Raw, Raw was uh, was pretty entertaining and it, it it does move pretty well. Then again, I am fast forwarding to the commercials and all that. But I thought the matches were overall pretty good. I really liked the um, Street Profits and the and the War Raiders match. I thought that was really good. There's some just good booking on on the show overall. I think like just kind of setting some future stuff up, and uh, it's 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 a it's a pretty cool good watch. Um, NXT AEW. Um, I thought NXT was a good show. AEW was. <laughs> was interesting for a lot of reasons um the positives of AEW that i liked um were trying to think man i think it's certain thing that stood out that i liked i know i like some things i, I you know the, the 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 bra at the end was entertaining um there's just stuff i would like to see them clean up like i oh i like the vtr of uh mjf's promo did you, did you catch his promo when he was kind of in front of that CGI screen and everything. I just kind of liked that. I liked what they did there. I thought that was really cool. And But what drove me nuts is like his end of his promo was like, I'm returning next week. I know, I know. And then, and then actually, then they go to another VTR, which was Sean Spears, you know, talking about how Cody, you know, let his brother down and didn't, you know, doesn't care about his brother and wasn't protecting his brother. And the first, first thing that came to mind, I'm thinking like, God, do I really want to see Sean Spears and Cody program again? Right? Like, do I want to see that again? Mm-hmm. But then they cut to live, and MGF and Sean Spears are at Reekside, and they're and they're being goofy with bets and everything. And I'm thinking, like, you know, especially Sean Spears, actually, just being serious in his promo, like he's just being goofy. Sean Spears, the the gambling addict guy, right? And I thought that was kind of weird. Like, the, some little checks and balances need to be in place. I think I think MGF should never even be on the show. I think MGF should not be. If he's going to be on the show, he should not be in the crowd watching the matches. Like I, I'm a big proponent, like opponent of like certain guys shouldn't be in those kind of roles, right? 
And, mm-hmm. and definitely MJF is one guy I would not have sitting out there with the other mid-card guys, you know, I don't care if he's, you know, placing bets or doing what he's doing. Like, I think it's best to just have him in this really good promo that he did and leave it be that he's going to be on next week. And I also didn't like to reveal his match with Jungle Boy. And why should he really be upset about it when he beat Jungle Boy already on TV, right? Um, I just thought that was kind of weird, too. I mean, I like that match. I really do. I had a really good match on TV a few months back, which I'm looking forward to watching again. But I just think that they could have built that. They could have announced it next week instead of just kind of shoehorning it in and just didn't, didn't really feel organic there. And I, I, I wasn't really a fan of that. So the two things I think about the jungle boy situation, I'm sorry, the MJF situation is I agree with you that it was a little weird that, uh, I, I like, is he there? Is he not there? Why is he, Oh, you know, doing, doing that promo, seemingly in a different area why didn't he why couldn't he do that promo live instead if he's really there but as far as being in the crowd i think they find him to be very entertaining and so sometimes that's a little bit of a gift and a curse right like when you have such an entertaining character you want to put that guy in so many segments because your fan base enjoys him so much and sometimes you could you know that that could overdo it for for that that person so i think there's a little bit of that but also the other thing is is that they're like he's he's main event ready like very soon now yeah but they're kind of they're they're pulling it back a little bit like i like i fully i I totally thought he was going to face moxley Mm -hmm. at the next show but you know it's not going to be moxley it's going to be Brody lee um, and, and so by pulling him back and having him not in the main event, I think they probably think like, oh, well, like, like we're not putting the main event guys in, in, in the crowd. So MJF could could be there. Plus, he's super entertaining. People are constantly looking for what he's going to do next. And so I think that's their feeling on that. But I, I definitely agree with you. And I think other people on our on, on our Facebook group were sort of in the same mindset of, you know, why is this guy in the uh, in the crowd? Um but yeah, you know, I, I get that part. You know, the the you know, we, you and I have this discussion every week, which is personally, I find the AEW show more entertaining, and I find the NXT show more uh, a, a better wrestling show. Like that's like this seemingly every week. That's kind of how I feel when I when I when I watch both shows. And again, like AEW was very entertaining for their audience. You know, you have Kenny Omega doing like a. a a, a backflip off of, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever that was. And, and just this scissor wacky lift. bump. Yeah. Scissor lift in this wacky bump by Sammy Guevara getting chased by a golf cart. So you have stuff for that fan base that they will just like, you know, bite into and, and really love. And then on the other side, on the NXT show, which I, you know, like I said, I paid attention a little bit more you know, the wrestling and the seriousness and kind of like, you know, maybe a little bit too serious, that is is dominant on that show. So it's really, you know, the shows are so different that there's enough variance to where you don't think like, okay, this show, uh, you know, both shows are, are, are kind of similar. So I'm just going to pick and choose. Like, they're so different that... You know, you get one thing out of, out of one show and you get another thing out of the other show. Yeah, I just get so frustrated with AEW. Just like minor mistakes that I would think they would correct. Like, like 
you know, like the opener, Cody and Joey Janela. I thought that was like, why is Cody giving so much to Joey Janela? Like, that was just so frustrating to me. I'm like, dude, like, you should be able to beat this guy quickly. Like, Janela couldn't even do an up and over, right? Like, it was, it was just bad. It was just bad. This, this, just, it was just a, I think Cody's a little too giving sometimes. I think sometimes he could be a little, he should be a little selfish in certain matches. And, you know, I don't think Janela's the guy to be giving this much TV time to personally. And I'd rather see him do that with someone that has a little more, little more main event qualities to him, but uh, in the future. And it was funny the 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 brawl at the end of the. Did you did you watch the brawl? Were you, did you you know you said yeah, in the background. But did you watch this specifically? Uh, I caught yeah I caught most of that right off the bat, and I say bat because Chris Jericho. I don't know if anyone caught this. I got, and I didn't I don't know if anyone even talking about it, but but like right off the bat, he Chris Jericho comes out with his baseball bat. Right entrances here come the Bayface, and they start fighting. But before they start fighting, Jericho gives the bat to Jake Hager and they start brawling. This is a no rules, <laughs> anything goes match and you have already have in your possession a baseball bat. I definitely noticed that. And I'm thinking and like, what was, the hell? <clears throat> I, was, I was also trying to figure out what the, what the thought was, but the only thing I could come up with is... At some point, the baby faces are going to steal this bat from me and use it against me. So I'm going to give it to my bodyguard, and then he can and then he can give it to me when I need it. That's the only thing that I could think of. Like, I mean, obviously, what really happened was he's supposed to. It should. It should. It should have been under the under it sh- the yeah. It should have been hidden or something, and and or maybe Jake Hager came out with it or something like that. But originally Jericho held it for too long. Probably should have got rid of it a long time ago before this. But it was just funny to me. And then um, the brawl itself, there was like some cool things, but for the most part, there was some really bad brawling. I love the Sammy Guevara bump, but he's on his feet at the end of that. I wish like it would have been a cool would have been a cool thing like. After the bay, the heels win, they go back with the golf cart and help pick Sammy up, put him in the back of the golf cart, and take him off to wherever. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he just got like that was a great bump that he took off that golf golf cart. That was awesome. I just thought he should have sold that a lot longer. Like that should have been a little more devastating. But you know, you have to have all the heels up and everyone has to do the thing. So that was silly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So before before we move on to NXT. The Jake. I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring that up. What'd you think? What? What? So it was almost like you know, Brandy was basically saying like, "Look, this is not 1991, so this is not going to happen in the way that you think it is." And then it happened in the way that she just said it wasn't going to happen. So does that mean that Jake is just the king of the mind games or does that mean that she's not smart or like, I, I don't even know what that means because why does she cut that promo in the way that she cut it? If that was going to happen, I don't know. I think they give Brandy moment on TV to do her, her stuff, I guess. But what I, did you hear any feedback about the angle itself? Because it's pretty in this time where everyone's so really sensitive. Like that was a pretty hardcore angle. Um, yeah, yeah. The, so, so there's two things that I think stood out about it. One, uh, there was nobody to save her. Right. And, and so they tried to explain their way out of that by saying that, 
you know, you actually have to take a golf cart to get to the to get mm-hmm. to the entrance because because of the way the arena is set. That sort of isn't out, but you know, you have people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bay face. I'm sure in the crowd. There's just a whole like 25 of them in the crowd compared to the heel side. I'm sure there's people in the gorilla mm-hmm. position, which is very close to the ring. So, you know, that they, they they sort of thought it out, but didn't think it out uh, quite enough. You know, better better than 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 most stuff that happens on Raw, where they don't even explain it at all. But if you're gonna explain it, like I think you should, uh, you know, you, you you need to do something where she at least gets saved with a running Cody or a running Dustin or something at the end, you know, maybe it did take them a long time, but that thing bothered me. The other thing was, um, but the other thing I think was sort of interesting was the, the announcers immediately went like anti Jake, like saying how terrible this was, you know, this is not the way things work nowadays. So they tried to cover it, uh, there as well. I think the thing, the thing is, is they have to follow it up, right? Like if you're going to go this deep into, you know what is what is uh, a kind of a money angle in 1991 the way that you followed up is very important if they just sort of forget about it which is the 2020 way of doing things then i'm going to be pretty frustrated i just i'm just want to know the outrage on online i mean i don't know didn't see anything but like i'm sure if like this happened in WWE, people would be really outraged because you basically have a, an old white male simulating rape on a black woman in the middle of the ring right like that was pretty pretty hardcore i mean they you know i'm usually pretty like i can kind of like see stuff and be like eh whatever like i just watched some old like uwf stuff and like uh, ice pan king parsons is hanging savannah jack another black man with the, with the noose over the ring and i'm like holy cow this is whole this i can't believe they even did this and this 1987 too i'm like why did they even, i can't believe this even aired then i see this i'm like i can't believe this aired especially in AEW, where they're very sensitive about a lot of stuff and people's this that was pretty hardcore man i was i was pretty i was pretty shocked by that this this angle that was uh well i mean it's a brandy thing right like they're they're constantly trying to find ways to have her perform and and be in, in the in the limelight a little bit and and look i i really like her like i know that the 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 nightmare collective stuff was, was kind of lame and 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 they got off of it I like her as a performer. I know some people think she's a little bit too Stephanie McMahonish, which is fine. Like I get that, but I enjoy her. I think she speaks well. I think she's good on the mic. I think she's a smart person, and I think she could be someone who adds something to the show. But they need to figure out what that is, and they're giving her many tries. Um, maybe this is maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's you know maybe Jake is is such a putrid human being that it is the thing that finally gets brandy over with uh with the majority uh, of the crowd I- i'm up for giving her chances um uh, but i'm not, I'm not I-, I don't know maybe this is the right one you think i'm not sure this angle happens on wwe do you think people give WWE more flack because it's like it's a lot more in vogue to kind of jump on wwe by everything and there are people just giving AEW a pass on this like this is a pretty hardcore angle. This is this is some very controversial stuff. Like I can see complaints to TNT if, if people really, but man, I don't know. Did, did, you know. That's why I wanted to know the. I was so I'm trying to think. Um, when is the last time Jake did the snake thing on Raw? Who did he do it to on Raw? God, it must have been what ninety yeah. what six or some. No, it would have been Unless like he came back from some kind of. It was like yeah, it was one of those. But this old was like Jake putting the snake 
on a woman mounting over her, the visual of the snake as his penis, you know what I mean? Like over a woman, like this, this is pretty hardcore stuff, man. I mean, nothing to laugh about. Sorry. But like, it was pretty shocking. Like I did not, this is something I didn't expect to see. I could expect to see blood and, and all that kind of stuff in, in a hardcore match. But like, this was, I mean, I don't know. Then 2020, that's, that's, that was pretty, 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 pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that's why I think, they have to follow up on it. I'm interested to see how they follow up on it. It gave Jake the opportunity to be the old Jake, I guess, to an, to an extent. And and yeah, like you know, that they, they they wanted to 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 do some really heated thing. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the the snake biting Macho mm-hmm. Man or, or or anything. But but uh, you know, I thought I thought it was interesting. And you know, it's hard to sort of have an opinion on it because these days you're like not sure like like at least we knew when when the snake bit macho man that there was going to be some major follow-up right and we were watching every weekend tv show to see the interview or or whatever macho man was going to say about it uh and and then you know and then how elizabeth was going to react so they have they have some work to do if if they're going to follow up on this to make it you know money but I'm intrigued. Like I, like I, I understand your your uh, sort of like, you know, this was kind of a, a something that was a little bit over the top, and I get that part. But I'm I'm interested. Like I, I want to see where they go, and and uh, well, you know, I guess I guess we'll have to wait for for the weekly TV. I, I mean, I don't know if it, if WWE would would be looked at in in one way or another. I mean, if you do it on NXT. You know, there's probably not a whole lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, flack, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we do anything on Raw. Like, there's just you know three times or four times the amount of people watching that show. What? A, well, another thing about that angle too is weird is that all the heat is going to Jake with this angle too. Where I mean, is he is he cleared enough to take a bump and get his ass kicked? I mean, that's another thing you got to <laughs> yeah. think about the payoff for Jake. Like, I mean, he can barely. He doesn't look like it gets around much in that, you know, well in that ring and, and at all. So that's that, that DDP yeah. yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a hit. Well, well, I mean, you know, th- th- this is kind of a, you know, something that I thought about is, you know, we were all worried about, you know, why is Jr. broadcasting this show? Like he shouldn't be doing these shows, you know, because his, his you know, immune system X, Y, and Z. Jake the Snake is not that much younger than Jr. Right? Like he's got to be in his sixties. Yeah, nice. Also, what do you think about a lot, of, a lot of people close together too? I thought was interesting. Um, I know they did testing and everything too, but it's like especially that brawl in the back. Like people were running around. There was like little kids there. I saw close by. I, I the the only one who gets the thumbs up for me is uh, Harold Harold mm-hmm. May at New mm-hmm. Japan. I mean, he he's been able to go dark, right? Like he's been able to, so far. We'll see. They may they may do some empty arena stuff at some point, but yeah, you know, like Vince and Tony Khan, like for Dana, for what you know, they they for 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 reasons that are important to them, they have decided that. This do you is think they because have they have to serve these these television contracts, like you know, as well? Like New Japan doesn't have TV, right? I mean, they don't have anything this yeah I, I don't know what their tv situation is in, in action i believe in it's just like no, we don't on a sh- like late at night on like a, some kind of you know channel maybe but i think most part it's just new japan world correct i mean i don't think they have like on a big they're not on prime time in japan for sure so i mean we're wwe and and, and it, 
in the UFC and also AEW, like they they're on they have, they have these TV contracts and they're fulfilling them. That's why you know they feel the need to do these shows. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a relationship with with their TV partner, and you know, who knows what uh, what is expected mm-hmm. out of them. I'm sure they want to be, you know, they want to be great partners. That that's yeah, who kind knows? Of old, like, if, if there's like a is there a clause, like an out clause from a network if you don't produce X amount of content for the TV? You know, who knows? I don't. You know, I'm sure these things get really, really detailed, of course. So, well, I mean, for for AEW too, right? Like that they are very. Um, the the house the 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 mm. gate is very important to them. Yeah. Where it's not really as important events. So uh, the fact that they're actually doing these shows for the you know for the TV contract, great. But they're also they were also expecting some gate. So I'm sure you know. I think Tony Khan even even said uh, maybe after a Wednesday night show that you know that they're you know that that money that they expected just is not coming in. So they're not in as good of a place as, as they, they would have been. And, and, you know, when you're a startup and, you know, that whole thing, it, I, I can see that I could see his, uh, you know, maybe he's worrying, you know, he, he, you know, Vin, Vince, that, that those, those TV contracts are so paramount to the success of WWE, but it's not like they don't have this, uh, this kitty, uh, just this, this bank account of money, but still like how, how, you know, I'm sure Vince's mindset is like, okay, this thing is holding us back, but we have to produce so that the next time we have to go through this again, they know that, that we came, we came to play ball. I'm sure that's how he's thinking about this. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about NXT. Um, I, uh, I will mention some of the things that caught my eye and and you tell me what you think so uh gargano and uh dajkovic i thought was it was a fun like heel little guy babyface big guy match which is not that I, I guess you know it's not sort of the way that you usually do these kind of matches but you know johnny gargano was as kind of the chicken shit heel and dajkovic as as the gigantic babyface i thought the match was good you know the thing that kind of stands out is in these empty arena matches is so Gargano like I don't I don't know why I even paid attention to this or noticed this but Dajakovic you know gets him in 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 the um the choke slam and so you know that whole thing of like grabbing the neck and in 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 most in, in all of wrestling matches like the person who takes that move the fact that you know the hand is on the neck that means okay you're going up and so Every time I've seen that move, the person who's going up has to look like, oh, no, I'm going up in this move, which means I'm going to get chokeslammed. But for whatever reason, Johnny Gargano's uh, overselling of that move bothered me because I'm watching this. I'm watching this match and going like, who is he overselling? You know, who is he giving the big eyes to? Like, there's nobody well, in the, the crowd. audience for sure. And right? the television audience, this invisible television audience, sure. But he didn't like when when you don't have the crowd there to kind of get so excited that the that the heel is going up for this move, it just seemed like weird, and so it it's it wasn't an oversell in the in the in the um in a normal setting, but because there was no crowd, I was like, why is he even well, doing that? Like, who is he emoting? Just to? like um uh, an action TV show when a guy will grab a guy by the neck. 
right? And the guy's gonna go, oh my god, like you know, holy cow, like you know, his eyes are gonna be wide and like, oh shit, you're gonna choke me out. Like it's like the same thing. They're playing to the TV audience, on it. but maybe it was a little bit goofy. I mean, I, I gotta go back and look at it, but like, yeah, I mean, it could have been a little bit, a little too much, but um, I'm sure. But yeah, but all this stuff is to the to the TV, not to. Of course, no fans are there, so. No, I mean, I think like I. I feel like it should be even more to the TV. And I don't know exactly how you would shoot that. Um, sometimes I'm watching and I'm like, okay, I'd like they need to like literally, like the, the camera needs to be so up close and personal with these guys. But I don't really sense that they're shooting the shows uh, any different than, than they normally would. Um, except they're, you know, you're not doing the, the wide crowd shots or anything like, you know, that, that's obviously missing in how they're shooting this stuff. The other thing was, um, you know, you mentioned this last week and, and rightfully so where, uh, I think it was in the, in, in the, in the, in the Lance Hoyt match where they were, they rammed the, the guy into the, into the exposed mm-hmm. turnbuckle and how, you know, the referee, like, like in this case, they hit it slightly but I still felt that, you know, Gargano has been messing with this turnbuckle the whole time. Finally, he gets picked up. He removes the turnbuckle. And then the, the baby face goes into the turnbuckle. And the referee is just like, I saw the baby face go into the turnbuckle. I see that the turnbuckle is not there. What do I do? It was, it was, a, it was a much more hidden way of doing that. But I thought, I just thought it was weird. Like, on, you know, two weeks in a row, they did it on well, separate I think, shows. I think WWE is just showing how to do it right. Like, it's not, there's no disqualification because Di- Dijakovic, you know, he did, you know, he took the bump. He went into it on his own and hit it. Not that, quote unquote, Gargano technically right. drove him into it. It's like his bump took him into that. And, you know, yeah, that's what, that's what that, that's why there's no disqualification there on that. But it was just, I was just like, okay, we saw the one version of this and then WWE had to de- had to do the other version of this. I, I just thought it's like, okay, the ref no, kind I, of still looks goofy, but you know, whatever. What, the re- there was a reason that yeah, they I don't, that. I believe this one, this one was taped, right? This NXT show was taped. I, so I, I don't so. think it was like a response to like AEW, like let's show them how to do a turnbuckle spot correctly. I just think it was like a funny coincidence. I had a, a big, big chuckle when that when this spot happened. But I thought that I liked this match. I thought it was one of my favorites of the night, just because I thought Gargano did a good job of being very physical as a small guy, especially when you're fight, you know, wrestling a guy that's was a six six or or six five. So yeah. like they were doing, it, it didn't feel like a um, a standard traditional kind of wrestling match that we see like the the it had a very different flow to it and i I really it felt like a a a little more of a fight or struggle i I really enjoyed this one the uh caden cross and scarlet Mm -hmm. debut was pretty interesting I, i i mean i i i liked it and and i and normally I thought I like this type of entrance or this type of uh, first match was uh, was very impressive. It was just weird without fans, though, because, you know, the the idea is for this guy to be this new badass heel. He's he's here to destroy everybody and he's going to throw around this nobody in his first match. And I see his eyes bugging out and I see him, you know, just so serious. And the whole time I'm wishing, like, can they postpone this? Because, you know, like, why can't they? Like, why can't we wait? 2021? Like, 
that's how that's how long this could be till we even have fans in the audience. So, I'm, but but it's so it means so much less in this setting that we have a possible like rock star coming into the company and debuting him at this time makes him feel like okay, like he's like kind of you know just part of he's just sort of like everyone else who's doing this stuff in front of, course, of i mean fans. of course i wish their fans to beat them we've been awesome to see this entrance with fans especially this has been an awesome entrance for like a takeover um if he debuted a takeover with his entrance i think that would have been amazing uh but like unfortunately like there's gonna be no fans in the audience for i'm predicting all of 2020 there's just gonna be no it's all this even in uh, other sports like baseball etc it's gonna be fanless okay but, but, but they have but, to do it but what 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 but why why couldn't they wait until 2021 what's what's the reason they're they're introducing new acts they got to keep the show fresh or as possible right okay but but brock lesnar's not working in front of zero fans not yet <laughs> do you think he will I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe if they get to summer, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, he's not coming back for money. But, but this is a this is a this, this is a random TV show, and you but know, Brock Lesnar so also on this for show. no fans. He wrestled WrestleMania, right? He comes back for the big. Well, match. I mean, that you know, he had he had, he had to drop the title. I mean, that that was that was scheduled before, you know, we went into this situation. I just I just wish that they would look at this and go, okay, we really think highly of this guy. Let's wait and see and let, let's postpone this thing before, you know until we know what's going on because we believe he and this is p- also part of the problem you know part part of my frustration with uh, Drew's r- Drew's run it's like man they're doing so many good things with Drew right now he looks like such a great champion and then when we come back with fans like they're going to get Vince is going to be like, oh, okay, like this was a bad error. We're going to have to take the belt off of him. Like it almost means means so little right now. It's 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 not you know it's it's unfair to Drew. He's doing his job, but I just I really worry about how this type of uh, all the storylines during this time. Like, what what do they really mean? And this is one I would have like held off. I would have like been like, look, we're going to pay you. You don't have to do anything. We're going to debut you when we come back, but we're going to hold this one off because it just. Uh, it, it just was it was like 10 percent of what it could have been in front yeah, of it's just just too much uncertainty like in the future to you know when that you know how they know in 2021 we're gonna have fans I, i'm hoping to god but they don't know so it's like you know show must go on they gotta they gotta keep things fresh okay but they have they have thousands of guys but do you he's a he's a a, a name that you're hopefully gonna draw an audience with on your television show like some interest like you, they have a thousand guys true but what guys they have compared to him right now that's fresh and new that looks like a star and okay but it me but it means almost nothing when 630,000 people or whatever the number was that he did like it's just like it it doesn't mean much when the show is cold i mean it's holding whatever the average is you know both AEW and NXT are holding whatever you know whatever yeah, they their, the, their quor- yeah. their quarantine empty up they had like the same amount of drop just, or something like that i think paul did a great yeah, they, did a great like, write up on that paul yeah. fontaine a great write up on that yeah paul fontaine check check out his his ratings analysis on on wrestling and our and our fight group uh, our fight group page as well yeah i mean that that's where i'm sure that's where he yeah. got the idea to 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 do that analysis but like if if you're going to do 
if you're if you really have uh, some thoughts on on a guy who who could be something like you you don't have to debut him right now like there was no there was nothing that um i mean i don't i don't think there was anything in his contract that said you have to debut by may 6th like why like why why not wait and see because you know i thought this could have been like a really really big deal and and fans you know, there's nothing wrong with holding things off and 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 just wetting the appetite a little bit more. Yeah, but you can't hold everything off. You can't hold Drew within the title. You can't hold this stuff off because until then. Okay, but 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 what? But what? But but there's you have 500 guys in NXT. Like, why can't you hold this off? Do so you rather debut? Uh, you know, Jimbo from Brazil. That's just you know untrained. Well. In front of the same six hundred thousand fans, why not? Carrying uh, Cross doesn't help the ratings next week, and then we, three, week three after that, or week four after that. How do you know? Sh- Sh- Charlotte has meant nothing. That's how we know. Charlotte from Raw and SmackDown, and who is actually main evented WWE pay per views. They bring her over to NXT. She's meant nothing. That's why we hmm. know. So why should you debut anyone on TV then? You shouldn't. But then, then everyone complained like this is just the same old show. It is absolutely the same old show no matter what, though. Like, they they, had, they, they put together these last uh, two or three weeks, they've put together takeover-worthy show in front of an empty arena, and it has meant just about nothing you have to create these new characters you have the show must go on i don't see why, why would you just keep the same people how how boring that would be like it's it's already boring to, to you like, even you might de- think de- it's boring de- debuting cross to like in, in this like it's it, it came across as very forced and i felt bad because this is not the way that 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 Vince McMahon, the creator of superstars, debuts people. It's just not the well, way that it, that it but works. But this is Vince McMahon never had to deal with COVID nineteen or you know like a pandemic, well, right? Well, so we, you know people people have to adapt, right? Like you can't just run the same game plan as you would with people there. Like like you have to change the game plan. That, that that's that's part of the problem like you know they don't, they don't want to say you know that that r- the reason why roman reigns is off tv is because he is immunocompromised no instead they just they don't talk about him at all and they erase him from the current history of wwe like that's what they do instead you you should you know slightly adjust to what the situation is and, and not be so robotic. That's part of my problem with this NXT show. I mean, you know, we'll talk about this. We might as well talk about it right now. But the dream, his entire act is in front of fans. And when you watch him in front of an empty arena, he is absolutely naked. Like he means so little in this empty arena segment and i didn't mind the match at all i thought you know there was some it was like oh you know they 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 they, they were a little they were hard hitting enough to where i was like okay this is this is a fight but the same old you know let's 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 bring out 
you know, undisputed and let's get them involved. And, and then, you know, even though the baby face has his buddy and they outsmart the heels, then he's still going to get pinned. Like that's just kind of the way that they, that, that this thing was going to go. But like the dream in of itself, like his character, he is not, he, like they should have kept him. But he came back before this happened though. Sure, but he's he like like he he's dropped so far like he, his entire run in in this time frame is just now it's just lost like I I can't imagine you can't expect him to that, stop that, everything you can't say okay let's just hey, this he's not you know he meet fans for him so we gotta take him off TV like that doesn't make sense at all okay but then adjust his act so that he doesn't so that he's not playing. To people who are not he's in the playing audience. to the TV, they're not playing to the TV though. They're they're playing to, they're playing to an audience that isn't there. How so? And give me, exa- give me an example. Give me example. What I wish they would play to the. Okay, so there's the double. There's the double sell, uh-huh. right? So double they, down. So they're both selling. They're both selling against the ropes. The announcers are silent. So there's absolute silence in the moment. And I don't, I, I don't even remember what Cole said, but it was like time stood still for like ten seconds, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, like you, you're gonna do a double, a double sell down. where where both guys are just laying against the ropes. One guy looks mm-hmm. at the other guy. The announcers are not saying anything, and you're telling me that they are playing to the TV audience because I looked at the TV as I was watching and I said what the hell is going on? Like they need to move. They need to act. It seemed, it, it was like a, it was like a, a fart. In didn't church. he, didn't that, like Cole say something like that? Like he looked at him in his eye, like you're not going to take this from me or something like that. Or it's not your time or something like that. There was like that that They didn't talk because they're giving them that moment where their two guys are looking at each other. Like that's for a TV yeah, there's show. No cr- there's no crowd. It's not for the crowd. No it's for crowd. the TV show. That, that's, that moment okay. is for your TV. And it's for those cameras but, to capture moments between these two characters inside that ring and they're going to have a moment. And so they don't want the announcers talking over that because Cole's going to say something to him and you want to capture that. It was lame. I, I'm watching this show and saying the dream is talented. Adam Cole is talented. They booked a match that was uh, maybe they thought that there was no, but it was just a normal match. Like, like there was no thought to me that let's do something different I, because this is only a TV I audience. No, I thought they did something different. That ref bump was very unique. I thought that was a very unique ref bump. Did you? I thought that was amazing. I never even thought about that ref bump before. I thought that was one to think about for future shows, like if I ever booked something. I thought that was pretty brilliant. I don't know. It was it was the same old, same old to me. Like I, I watched it and I thought, you know what? Dream is so good with the crowd and without a crowd, he is not good. And I don't think that's what they wanted. I don't. I don't think that that was Weak. their goal to 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 show what 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 the situation was. Look, look, we we can say. We, we, we can give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, this is this is a different reality. But the fact of the matter is, if you grade that, if you grade that match and that performance against normal matches, it's not good in comparison. So maybe we give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the end of the day, no one's going to remember that match. It's just not. They're just going to be like, okay, let's move on because that was not good. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff we're not going to look back fondly on. 
in any promotion, right? During this time period, just even UFC this weekend, are we going to look back like, oh my God, that was a great time? Like probably not, right? Well, I don't know. You know, the UFC, we have seen um, Ultimate Fighter matches with no crowd. You know, you and I mentioned before, you know, we, we've seen stuff in the prelims where there's no crowd. So I think there's some, but, we'll, but we have to see what the mm-hmm. presentation is, right? Like to me, the problem with NXT is that they haven't changed the presentation at all. Like they haven't showed me that they understand the situation and let's change it up so that, you know, so that, that, that we show that, okay, this is a different time and place. No, they're just running the same show that they would have run in front of fans. And I think that's a big problem. And I think, you know, while Gargano was very good, um, Charlotte, you know, for the time it was okay, even though the finish sucked, uh, I, you know, the, the one thing about, uh, Cameron Grimes is because of his finisher squash matches are actually kind mm-hmm. of fun. Um, because of that, like that was fine. But I, I mean, there's just this like weird, it's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like no one is, you know, Vince is so badly or, or triple H is so badly trying to make sure that, 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 that the current time frame, the, the viewership doesn't, you know, realize that, that, that things are different, that because they don't realize that, or because they don't want viewers, viewers to realize that it just magnifies it. Like that ring is so dark. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed NXT, but there's so many things about NXT that bother me that it, it really frustrates me as far as my enjoyment, because it's almost like, they want to pretend like, you know, things aren't happening when things are really happening. You know, the, the world has changed and, and, you know, in their universe, in their existence of of what they portray on TV, um, supposedly nothing has changed. Well, they've already established that, you know, sit back, relax and let us entertain you. Right. That's like their big speech when this all just started. So I don't. But they're running their TV well, show what, like everyone will run a TV show like they're No one's changing it up. Right. In my opinion, but is it is it entertaining? I think so. I'm I'm entertained. I thought the matches were good. I mean, I know I know you didn't get to see uh, Kushida versus Jake Gladys. I thought they had a really good match, and I liked the. I, I mean, I I mean, I heard it was like three and a half minutes, but it was good. It was exciting. I thought Jake looked great. I was so happy for him, especially work with Kushida. I'm sure that was a big thrill for him. Um, I liked the finish; it was awesome. Um, yeah, they're quick matches, but hey, they're, they're filling time. The only match I didn't like was uh, that you didn't see it either was the uh, Chelsea uh, Chelsea Green and the um, Zia Lee match. That was that was not, not a good one, <laughs> not a good one. So it's good that it make Hulu for you. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was good. I thought Finn was great. He has such a great presence, man. That guy's awesome. Finn 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 is interesting because I thought the interview was a little weird though. I like his character. Like, you know, to me, Finn is, you know, maybe the, uh, the one guy who benefits from, from being on NXT. Like I, Charlotte is fine, but I think, you know, I, I think she probably even wants to, to be back on the main roster. Um, she's, she's, a, she's a little, um, it's a little forced on NXT, but, um, I think, you know, I think he's the one guy where, he's so much better on NXT because he gets to do a character that 
is uh, that he's not really allowed to do uh, on the main roster. And he comes across as such a badass. Again, I think that the way that they did the interview was weird. The, the, the way that they've been teasing whoever this person is has been a little bit weird. But just his presence and his delivery has been really great. And I, I just hope they have something big for this because, you know, he he I think he's one of the few guys on on the NXT roster who will be able to uh, to do a, to do a really convincing match in in this you know in this empty arena. Yeah, I'm, style. I'm, 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 I'm curious to see who's going to be the the person who attacked him and what's going to be the. I mean, I don't mind leaving it open as a mystery because you know that's just that's just television, right? You want to keep this going. I really liked his. Um, like he had Cameron Grimes after the squash match, cut a promo on Finn, what he's going to do. He's going to do this and that to Finn if he sees him. And here comes Finn like right away out to confront him. I thought that was good. That was cool stuff. That was, uh, I was not expecting that. And I thought that was really good. And I thought Cameron Grimes was so great. He's backing away and changing his tune. And, you know, and then they're going to have a freaking killer match next week. So that's going to be good. And also next week you got uh, Riddle and Timothy Thatcher versus Imperium. That should be a hell of a, hell of a match too as well. So what what do you think about the Money in the Bank show this weekend? I I almost don't even know what to hmm. think. Now I, I I'm on the I'm in I'm in the minority in that I'm kind of digging the idea of of whatever. I mean they've already recorded this you know they've already produced this match which is going to be the men's and the women's Money in the Bank match together to get to the top of the floor in Titan Towers. Like I'm kind of digging the idea because I think it'll be. It, it, you know, this is kind of what I'm talking about, where they understand that doing a normal six way ladder match. Well, it's not just one. It, mm-hmm. It's two. Right. Doing two six way ladder matches is probably a little tone deaf on the same show. But if you do this, you know, do this, uh, this thing inside Titan Towers, it is different and it may it may not be good. Uh, it's possible that it won't be good, but at least they recognize that we just can't do two ladder matches, money in the bank ladder matches in in, a, in an empty arena show. Like I, I I appreciate that they recognize that. So I'm interested in what they're going to do there. But the rest of the show, like I don't even know what's on it. Like what have they teased? Uh, like I know Becky and Charlotte are probably not going to be on Drew this show. And, um, Drew and Seth. Well, Drew and good. Seth. Yeah. Drew and Seth they should have a good match. Seth, Seth proved that he can do a really good empty arena match. The match with Kevin Owens was really good. And I imagine that this match would be really good. So I'm interested in that. But um, yeah, like, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've teased a whole lot other than that. Braun against Bray um, Wyatt. Who, Braun against Bray Wyatt. That, I don't expect that to be very yeah. good at all. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of like... Um, not to say that they've not prom- promoted it strongly, but you know, it's just, it's, it, it's almost like, uh, cause I think I asked, um, who did I, I asked somebody the other day, I was like, okay, in this new reality, what is the reason for doing a money in the bank? Like, why don't you just like sort of do your TV and you know, that's your focus and, and you, you want to make sure that your TV partners are happy. Why do you need to do a pay-per-view for the WWE Network other than the fact that this is just what sort of the the, the schedule that you normally Well, I think have. you also got to, they also got to keep their network subscribers happy, right? Like they got to get people to subscribe to that. So they got to keep creating this content for special content for the network. But But I feel like they're not promoting it like they would. So it's kind of like, you know, 
do you really want that or are you just doing it because you I mean there's a heavy push on Raw for Money in the Bank. I mean they talk about every every commercial, every segment, they go in there every match is is about that. There's you know, there's there's previews matches, there's there's a qualifying for Money in the Bank. So I mean they've been promoting it for sure. It's just yeah, I know like like for me on the SmackDown side, I don't watch SmackDown, so I'm not really on the top of all the matches on that side, but uh, Raw I watch a little bit of, so I know I'm mostly just curious to see the the the, the Money in the Bank matches. I'm curious to see what they do. I think it was mostly the positive feedback of um, the Boneyard match, and also in some in some of the uh, Edge and Orton match that really. Um, got them thinking like, hey, for Money in Bank, what could we do here, right? And then they made this when they thought about, let's do a, a, a movie like they did with Boneyard Match with Money in Bank and keep it different. I'm just hoping they don't like do, because like, I don't know, how many floors is Titan Towers? Like three or four or something like that? I, I thought it was oh, 10. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that this is just all one big segment. Like this is just one, like the, on the final hour of the show, instead of like, some of it in the middle in the beginning some of it in the middle some of it in the finish at the end like i you know i just hope it's all one big long segment because i think that would be better instead of like stopping to go to a match at the you know yeah yeah, yeah. no I, that I would uh, be uh a negative but you know we'll we'll see how it is i mean i i honestly didn't have any expectation about the boneyard match and that was a lot of fun so We'll see if they can do another well, good job. Re- rem- remember the uh, Goldust and Roddy mm-hmm. Piper match? This was that was kind of the first foray into doing something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll see. I know a lot of people are giving giving people grief about you know this kind of thing. I see a lot of feedback online and a lot of negative feedback. And I'm thinking like these are the same people that be like, oh man, this is so great when Matt Hardy on the compound with Jericho was awesome. You know, it's like. Like I, I don't I don't think it's, uh, it's that. A lot I think that. it's that. A lot of that unfortunately. I think it's I think it's that people expect something spectacular out of money in the bank matches. Like they have been some of the the most uh entertaining style of matches and when you change it up you you're you're doing this, you know, this post production thing about it and so it's not money in the bank anymore so i think that's a lot of the frustration um and i get that because you know this is a pay-per-view that i think people look forward to in general like at least post wrestlemania you knew that money in the bank was going to deliver and wwe is basically saying look we have to change this show because we understand that you can't do this match two times in front of no fans. It's just not going to work. So I applaud them for that. Like I, I, I'm, I'm into it. I, I'm, I'm into what seeing what they do. And look, if it sucks, it sucks, and we'll say it sucks. But I have a feeling they have a few things up their sleeve that'll make it at least uh, yeah, somewhat. They, I hope they go and tear up like Vince's office or something crazy. I hope he's oh, there. That'd be great. That's what I hope. That'd be freaking awesome. That'd be freaking awesome. I, I, mean, I would hope Vince makes a cameo. That'd be great. Yeah. No. I, I, I that that the, that kind of goofy stuff is is what I'm, you know, what I'm looking for. Like I hope Triple H and I hope Stephanie. I hope everyone's like working and well, which would actually be kind of yeah, because they know this match is a situation where no one's they supposed know to be this match. <laughs> but yeah, that and they also if they were working like what and they know this match is being promoted like all of a sudden like oh no, there's a wrestling match bickering out in front of the or or eight to five. <laughs> Let's just be kind of silly. Uh, I think that is it for us here tonight. Uh, so 
I want to thank Dave Meltzer, of course. I want to thank John. And uh, I'm Double G, and we will see you when we see you. Peace out.